Proem of the Decameron. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Decameron by Giovanni Boccaccio, translated by A. M. Rigg. Beginneth here the book called Decameron, otherwise Prince Galeotto, wherein are contained one hundred novels told in ten days by seven ladies and three young men. Proem. Tis humane to have compassion on the afflicted, and as it shews well in all, so it is especially demanded of those who have had need of comfort and have found it in others, among whom, if any had ever need thereof or found it precious or delectable, I may be numbered, seeing that from my early youth even to the present I was beyond measure aflame with a most aspiring and noble love, more perhaps than, were I to enlarge upon it, would seem to accord with my lowly condition, whereby, among people of discernment to whose knowledge it had come, I had much praise and high esteem, but nevertheless extreme discomfort and suffering, not indeed by reason of cruelty, on the part of the beloved lady, but through superabundant ardor, engendered in the soul, by ill-brittled desire, the which, as it allowed me no reasonable period of quiescence, frequently occasioned me an inordinate distress, in which distress so much relief was afforded me by the delectable discourse of a friend, and his commendable consolations, that I entertain a very solid conviction, that to them I owe it that I am not dead. But as it pleased him, who, being infinite, has assigned by immutable law an end to all things mundane, my love, beyond all other fervent, and neither to be broken nor bent by any force of determination, or counsel of prudence, or fear of manifest shame or ensuing danger, did nevertheless in course of time abate of its own accord, in such wise that it has now left naught of itself in my mind, but that pleasure which it is wont to afford to him who does not adventure too far out in navigating its deep seas. So that, whereas it was used to be grievous, now, all discomfort being done away, I find that which remains to be delightful. But the cessation of the pain has not banished the memory of the kind offices done me by those who shared my sympathy and burden of my griefs, nor will it ever, I believe, pass from me except by death. And as among the virtues gratitude is in my judgment most especially to be commended, and ingratitude in equal measure to be censured, therefore, that I show myself not ungrateful, I have resolved, now that I may call myself free, to endeavour, in return for what I have received, to afford, so far as in me lies, some solace, if not to those who succoured me, and who perchance, by reason of their good sense or good fortune, need it not, at least to such as may be apt to receive it. And though my support or comfort, so to say, may be of a little avail to the needy, nevertheless it seems to me meet to offer it most readily, where the need is most apparent, because it will there be most serviceable and also most kindly received. Who will deny that it should be given, for all that it may be worth, to gentle ladies much rather than to men? 
Within their soft bosoms, betwixt fear and shame, they harbor secret fires of love, and how much of strength concealment adds to those fires, they know who have proved it. Moreover, restrained by the will, the caprice, the commandment of fathers, mothers, brothers, and husbands, confined most part of their time within the narrow compass of their chambers, they live, so to say, a life of vacant ease, and yearning and renouncing in the same moment, meditate diverse matters which cannot all be cheerful. If thereby a melancholy bread of amorous desire make entrance into their minds, it's like to tarry there to their sore distress, unless it be dispelled by a change of ideas. Besides which they have much less power to support such a weight than men. For when men are enamoured, their case is very different, as we may readily perceive. They, if they are afflicted by a melancholy and heaviness of mood, have many ways of relief and diversion. They may go where they will, may hear and see many things, may hawk, hunt, fish, ride, play, or traffic, by which means all are able to compose their minds, either in whole or in part, and repair the ravage wrought by the dumpish mood, at least for some space of time. And shortly after, by one way or another, either solace ensues, or the dumps become less grievous. Wherefore, in some measure, to compensate the injustice of fortune, which to those whose strength is less, as we see it to be in the delicate frames of ladies, has been most niggard of support, I, for the succor and diversion of such of them as love, for others may find sufficient solace in the needle and the spindle and the reel, do intend to recount one hundred novels or fables or parables or stories, as we may please to call them, which were recounted in ten days by an honourable company of seven ladies and three young men in the time of the late mortal pestilence, as also some consonants sung by the said ladies for their delectation in which pleasant novels will be found some passages of love rudely crossed, with other courses of events of which the issues are felicitous, in times as well modern as ancient, from which stories the said ladies, who shall read them, may derive both pleasure from the entertaining matters set forth therein, and also good counsel, in that they may learn what to shun, and likewise what to pursue which cannot, I believe, come to pass, unless the dumps are banished by diversion of mind. And if it so happen, as God grant it may, let them give thanks to love, who, liberating me from his fetters, has given me the power to devote myself to their gratification. End of poem.